Hey guys, welcome back. It's Chris Bercher with Knowledge Plus Experience Equals Wisdom. This is episode 40, which is uh, pretty amazing. I fell a little bit behind this week, and I'm going to still have this episode coming out on a Friday, but the preview will be a little late because it's Wednesday. A lot going on in my life. Nothing... um, too particularly crazy, but one thing is my 18-year-old daughter just went off to college, which is uh, kind of weird because it's January or February, but she didn't go the first semester because Corona, and she opted to stay home and do entirely virtual, and I think that was a good decision, um, but now she was just ready to get out of the house, which is cool, and so she's living on campus and uh, still doing school virtual, but at least having that experience, which I'm really happy about. Of course, I was sad, and, and that's a little bit about what today's episode is about, um, emotions and stuff, but I'll get to that in a minute. Because before, you'll notice last week I released the first in my Curiosity interview series with my buddy Paul Godola. I hope you enjoyed that. I'll have, uh, I've got another one uh, wrapped up with Mandy Napier, who is a uh, mindset alchemist from Brisbane, Australia. I've got another one uh, scheduled with uh, DJ Doran, who is a um, leader in the gay and lesbian community. He's uh, one of the biggest publishers of media in uh, that uh, part of the world from Chicago, who happened to reach out to me and I did an interview on his podcast and I just want to catch up. So here are what he thinks about curiosity. Uh, I've got one in coming up that's been recorded, but I don't have the footage yet with David McCraney, the host of You Are Not So Smart podcast and the author of book by the same title. So I'm really excited about this and I'm continuing to reach out to all kinds of people that I just think, um, I would like to hear what they have to say about curiosity and I'm trying to get as random, um, an assortment of people as I possibly can. And I've been pretty surprised that someone like David McCraney would reach out. And then meeting people like uh, Mandy, who I didn't know before, I'm really excited. I think it's going to go well. And another thing I've noticed, and I'm going to try to do this today, although I'm already two minutes in, is to make my episodes a bit shorter. I, I, you know, I appreciate that it's really hard to ingest 50 minutes uh, to an hour of podcasts. And, you know, I tend to be pretty verbose and I tend to be on the academic schedule of a 50 minute lecture class. And I just can't get past that. But uh, I think I need to. And so today I'm going to try to do that. And I don't know if you can hear my dogs barking in the background, but you know, that's real. So today's episode, episode 40, not an interview, obviously, I want to talk about getting out of your head. So I'm going to call this episode, get out of your head. And the reason that I say this is because I've actually, interestingly enough, my cosmic connection with Mandy Napier by just wanting to interview her, I've actually uh, enrolled in her coaching classes to help me with my mindset. And what I've realized after talking to her is I've spent, you know, on and off regularly and irregularly over about 10 years since I got divorced, working on my head in therapy, counseling, whatever you want to call it, reading all kinds of books. And what I've realized is this is a, has been a purely intellectual exercise with the exception of a few forays into um, an exper- a technique called EMDR, which is kind of like hypnotic. I've tried to understand this intellectually. And you know what? After 10 years, I understand it pretty well intellectually, but I haven't been able to implement some of the changes that I've learned about. And what Mandy revealed to me is one, 10 years is too long. And two, your head is not yourself. And in the self episode, I talk about, you know, where are we? Where are we located? We tend to think that we're our brain and we see through our eyes and have our senses. But she introduced me to a concept, well, that I've 
I've been introduced to before. I'm also doing some Neil, uh, some work with a guy named uh, called Neil Bjorklin, who is entirely a somatic awareness um, technique. The long story short, I remembered, or was uh, maybe perhaps I'm ready now, that as beings, as humans, we're not just our brain. And yet, that's where we spend the majority of our time. In fact, I would argue that most of the problems that we have from thinking we're not good enough to imposter syndrome to anxiety and depression, relationship problems, they all come from our brains. One thing, kind of a side note I heard recently is that you are not the voice you hear in your head that comes from your brain. You are the one that's listening to that, right? There's this conscious self of, of awareness, and then there's your brain that you listen to all the time, which we think is us, but it isn't really us. And what I've forgotten is that we're also, or, or at least this is the way it's talked about, and I'll show a little diagram here for the, the YouTube video watchers, where our head, where our heart, and where our gut. And this may be a gross oversimplification, and, and, and really you can, the semantics isn't really critical. It's just that we have parts of our body that hold awareness and energy that we don't think about very often. Head, heart, and gut. And in, in order for us to be satisfied or happy or outside of a state of suffering or comfortable with a state of suffering, we really have to have integration of these three systems and awareness of these three systems and equivalent attention paid and awareness spent on these three parts. Because if only one of the parts is emphasized or listened to or nurtured or two of the parts, then we have what people call cognitive dissonance. What we feel doesn't make sense with our mind thinking, what we, you know, what we, what we intuit uh, about something doesn't agree with how we feel about it or with how we think about it. And this dissonance, it's just like for me, dissonance is, is funny because in music, whenever we, you know, jokingly in the band or whatever, we'll intentionally play really bad chords or really wrong notes in a particular melody or chord progression and we'll say, yeah, dissonance, man, it's jazz. But dissonance creates that needle on the record scratching or, you know, a note played out of, out of, that doesn't belong in a melody that you just go, whoa. What was that? And that's kind of how I think me personally and many of us probably spend our waking hours in a state of cognitive dissonance, which is awkward. It's uncomfortable. We know it isn't right, but we really don't understand what's going on. And and hopefully I'm just going to shed a little bit of light. This is new to me. I can't profess that I'm some master of the lack of cognitive dissonance or whatever. But just briefly... You know, we're used to our head, right? That's the, our rational decision-making. We say, um, I just won $1,000 on the lottery. I really should, you know, put a little bit of this away, maybe give a little bit to charity, and maybe I can blow $100 on a pair of shoes or something like that. And then there's our heart, which is kind of our emotional, you know, how do we feel? I hate, you know, I used to hate this question. How do you feel about this? It's like, I don't know. I don't care. It's what I think about it that matters, right? But no, how we, how we how a situation or decision makes us feel is important. And that we can think of these things coming from these different parts of our bodies. Maybe they do, maybe they don't. It doesn't matter. The, the point is that they're separate and they're different. They're unique and they need to be connected and they aren't. <clears throat> and then the last one is our gut. You know, that's our sort of, I hate to say intuitive because a lot of people will say that the three of these together make up our intuition, but it's sort of our, you know, our, our thinking without thinking. It's like, and our feeling without feeling, it's just what 
what we are motivated or compelled to do or decide, you know, that doesn't come from our heart or it doesn't come from a feeling. It doesn't come from an emotional sense. Um, it doesn't come from a rational or like uh, programmed historic observation that we've made. It comes from just a, a, a guttural, for lack of a better term, you know, if somebody says, um, you know, it's kind of like, I remember one time, maybe you've done something like this and can relate. I went to a bridge in the, in the New River Gorge, and there's a bridge there that's about 60 foot high off of the New River, which is super deep right there. And there's a giant arch bridge. If you've never seen it, it's a, um, unbelievable, amazing. People do the base jumping off of that big bridge. But we went down to the little bridge because we'd heard some friends went up there and jumped off of it, and it was really cool. And I got up to the edge, and I felt a moment of my head going, no. <laughs> Oh no, dude! This is a really dumb idea. And I, for some reason, I, I didn't do anything. But my gut just took over and said, "Go for it." I just, I just, I, I was compelled to jump, and I did. I jumped, and I was fine, and everything worked out. Turns out, people get pretty injured off there, and and, and it's really not that good of an idea. But it's something that I did when I was young, and you know, it's done now. Uh, but but the decision to jump off there was was something from my gut, or if it's uh, sort of like. Um, um, uh, no, I don't know. Uh, I, one thing I think, well, I'll go through some examples of each one of these things in a minute, but let's just establish that. And on that little diagram, head, heart, gut, different sources of behavior, decision-making, planning, um, thinking, feeling, humanness come from these different compartments. And we can think of them uh, as being located in our head and our heart and our chest and our belly. And what I like to do is, is, is meditate, something Neil Bjorklund introduced me to. It's a somatic meditation where I try to release the awareness from my brain and shift it down into these different parts, um, into my heart and into my gut, just to see, just to check in with those parts of my body to see if there's any kind of feeling there. And for the most part, there isn't. But I think the practice is um, in learning how to do that. And then it, when in situations come up in your life, when you have to make decisions, the fight, flight, or free, flee kind of situation, um, the, the, this awareness and this practice in connecting to these parts will come in handy. And that's, that's sort of what I'm banking on. Um, so, yeah, there's really three parts to being human. We spend most of our time in one part. I think that causes a lot of problems, cognitive dissonance. And I think by becoming aware of these second parts, admitting that they exist, and then sort of understanding um, the next time we get in a situation that we have these capabilities that can be nurtured. And when we do that, this is what I'm sort of betting on, uh, we'll, we'll be able to perform in the world as a more complete human being. So I think we get the brain. You know, you tend to... Focus on past events when something happens and you think about what you did before. You think about something you saw on TV. Think about something you read in a book. Um, maybe you're in a situation where in an argument with your wife and you might remember something you heard at marriage counseling that said, okay, use I statements, you know, use the statements like I feel. That's your, your brain reminding you about something that you put in it and it's just spitting it back out. This can be good. Because when you've learned certain things like, um, oh, it's snowing, I know the roads are going to get slick, I need to adjust my driving behavior, and maybe even stop driving because there's a potential for danger. Some people don't do that. But, um, you know, or maybe you're going out to dinner and you're trying to think about what you want on the menu and you're like, oh, man, the uh, the uh, double chili 
you know, bacon, cheesy fries sound awesome. And then you remember, oh, well, I'm on a diet. And what I learned on that plan is that you want to only taking so many calories. I've eaten this many calories a day. You go through this analytical process that leads you to make a decision. The other ways we experience life are from our heart and our gut. Best as I can tell, and this is new to me, is and I and trying to connect with my heart. That's an emotional thing. Things like love, and, and you know, I can understand those things. I can understand love, but love's a tricky one because sometimes we conflate that with our mental idea of what love is. I love my kids. I love my wife. I tell them all the time, and sometimes I wonder if, in telling them, I'm focusing too much on the brain part of love, and it's just becoming old and redundant and it doesn't mean anything anymore. So there's ways that I can show them that I love them. I can do kind things for them. I can uh, give them gifts. You know, I can uh, give them a hug, things like that. It's sort of, those are more coming from the heart because they don't, it doesn't have to do so much with the mouth. <laughs> you know, uh, maybe that's, maybe that's part of when you're in your brain, like I am now. But one of the ways I, I realized finally and reading about this, you know, it's like, okay, yeah, we have a heart. That's where our emotions come from. Yeah, 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 that's cool. I got that. But I really didn't. And so when people would ask me, one of the exercises I'm doing in therapy is, imagine yourself accomplishing some goal. How will you feel? And I'm like, I feel better. I feel good. I mean, I just, I can't, I'm struggling to identify with that. And that's what led me to these other parts of your body. But one thing I know, when I listen to music, there are songs that will, just melodies, no lyrics, that will make me cry like a baby, uncontrollably. There are movies I can watch where sweet things happen, or like, you know, one that comes to my mind is A Green Mile, or Shawshank Redemption, or things where there's like, you know, this struggle, and the hero sort of finally uh, is rewarded in some way. I mean, that's sort of, that sort of shift from... Uh, extremely downtrodden to victorious, you know, that just brings out something in me that I can't stop. When my daughter went away to college, um, I, I I wrote her a letter, which uh, that's a common thing at major milestones. I, I write things because they're easier to write and easier for them to receive and easier for me to do. And I got into this mode and thinking about why I loved her and you know, that, that weirdness of, I, I want you to go, but I'm going to miss you. And I'm not saying you need to stay home, but I'm just want to tell you how I feel. So you always know kind of deal. And I just got this like welling up and, um, side note, not really related to this, but I decided to tell her and I wanted her to see it. I wanted us to experience my sadness together just for a minute, um, which we did. And that, and that came a hundred percent from my heart. I don't know what was going on. I, it was amazing. Um, books, you know, um, relationships with people, things you do when you just look at someone and or hear their voice and you have this, you know, your brain is out of it. It is not participating in the transaction. Uh, it's a direct link to an emotional part of your body uh, that most of the time feels good, even when it feels sad. Um, anyway, those are examples that I can use to sort of help you identify where those feelings come from so you can try to, you know, if you're trying to think me, and after this podcast, I'm going to go through an exercise where I I think about that sadness I felt for my daughter because it's recent. I have an awareness of where it came from in my body. I have an awareness of the, the disconnect from my brain. And I'm going to ask myself, 
about some of the goals I have, how will I feel, and then try to focus my attention on that part of my body and see if something comes out of that. It would be pretty interesting. And then the third part, of course, is our gut. And, you know, you hear this all the time. Um, we hear a lot of these these phrases thrown around all the time with respect to these three. You're in your head, um, you know. You're a softy. Um, uh, you, you, you know, use your gut. What's your gut instinct? What's your gut tell you? You know, we, this isn't new. Uh, but the gut is the third one, and that one is a little bit different. And some, you know, what comes to my mind is when we're in novel situations where we don't really have a lot of data. There are experiences we haven't had before. We can't refer to our past. We can't use our brains to say, uh, the last time I jumped off a bridge, whatever, uh, or the last time I was in a new country that I've never been to before, or the last time that I flew, and this is the first time you're flying. You don't have a, a, a mental mind reference. And it's not so much about um, an emotional feeling. It's like, I need to make a decision um, about a situation, which road do I take? Which way do I turn? I'm lost. I've never been here before. And that's, you know, you, you, you focus on your, what people will call your intuition, but it's definitely not a rational or reasoning thing. It's a, it, it bypasses all of those systems and just says, this is what I think I ought to do with my body, not with my mind. Um, so that, that, that reminds me of something that I used to tell my students and what people tell you all the time, change happens at the edge of your comfort zone. And these gut issues usually come up when you're at the edge of your comfort zone. You're in new territory. You don't know a whole lot about it. Maybe you've read about it. Maybe you have some idea. But for the most part, you need another system to help you make a decision or to help you push forward or to help you navigate this novel territory. And that's when your gut comes into play and knowing what's there, knowing how to trust it, knowing how to listen to it, knowing where it is are critical elements to you imposing that. And usually I think what happens is we get little blips, little glimpses of our gut or our heart, and then our mind takes over. You might say, oh, I think I remember that building, and then your brain will be like, yeah, 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 you've been here before, and you can do this, and you turn this way, and it's totally the wrong way. But if that's my part of my problem is connecting with my gut is I let the analytical mind come in and take over when because I'm not really good at listening to it. It's not something, you know, of course, sometimes you just do. And sometimes, like, when you're in dangerous situations, and the classic one is you're walking down an unknown street at night, and you're not really sure if the person following you is, you know, going to mug you, or it just happens to be back there, and you say, well, what should I do in this situation? Um, and, you know, if you're, you're gut, will probably say, well, I'll just walk on the other side of the street and kind of slowly try to get away, or whatever it is, you know, um, and generally that help, will help you keep keep you safe. Now, your brain may say, I'm going to turn around and yell at this person and tell them to quit following me. Uh, maybe that's not the best thing to do. Maybe having all three of these systems in agreement outside of a dissonance situation, whatever that means, in harmony, will help you make decisions like that using all three of the parts, which is the most informed part that you can come from. I think um, I can't read my handwriting. Um, oh, yeah. So I think essentially... Your gut decision, your gut decisions, or your gut comes into play when you're making decisions. It's, and sometimes this can be another example would be milestones uh, in your life. Like, is this the person I want to marry? Um, is this the school that I want to go to? Is this the job I want to take? Should I quit my job and do this other thing? These are, especially for people in midlife, critical times where if we have become reliant on our cognitive skills. 
you're going to make your pros and cons list. You're going to do some analysis. You're going to say da 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 da. You're going to weigh the good and the bad, but you're still kind of in a state of indecision because this is a situation that that's really not going to be that helpful. You need some other. You need some. And in fact, what I've realized in sort of saying this is it really helps to check in with each one of these parts of you to see how it feels in each department, in <laughs> each human department. Ring up the mind. What do you think? Well, I think this job's probably better and you should take it even though you got to move because it's more money and you're going to have more success and da-da-da-da. Then you call up your heart and you're like, well, how do you feel about this? How does, how does this make you uh, feel emotionally? Are you excited about it or are you kind of depressed? Like, which way? And then your gut will sort of say, you know what? I don't think this is a good idea because whatever. I just think you're not going to really like living in Arizona because it's too hot or whatever. And so having all of that information, doesn't that make for the best and most cohesive sort of system if we were able to? Because the problem is these things come up in our lives. Um, you know, you might think, I'm sick of my job. I really should quit my job and, and try to be an actor like I've always wanted to be. And then you go, all right. How do I feel about this? But you don't really know how to feel because you never exercise that part of your system. So I, I, I personally think there's there's something to this. Uh, it's something I'm going to continue to explore. I hope that's been a fairly cursory introduction. I'm right at about 20 minutes, and uh, this is a good time for me to check out, and hopefully this is a more digestible chunk. And uh, this, um, you know, like I said, if you, uh, going back to the curiosity, if you know of anybody that you think is a particularly curious person, um, I would love to interview them. And so reach out to me and try to hook us up. It's really easy. It takes an hour of people's time. Uh, it's spontaneous. There isn't really any prep. All you have to do is have a, ideally have a microphone, but you don't even really need a microphone. Um, anyway, that would be a great way for us to connect if you wanted to reach out. And as always... If you get something out of this, please share it with somebody you know. It's the only way it's going to grow. It's the only way um, this message is going to get out to people and this community can be built, or at least I can become a part of whatever community I'm trying to be a part of because I'm still a little unclear about that. If you have other podcasts you think I might listen to or readings or books, that would be awesome. If you notice on my webpage, I've started to sort of populate a separate page that has some sort of things that influence me that you might also be interested in. And, uh, yeah, this has been... Episode 40, get out of your head. Good luck, everybody. Thanks for your time. And I'll see you next week. This is Chris Bercher, Knowledge Plus Experience Eagles Wisdom.